Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Welcome back to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. And well, y'all know that this is Julie. And if you think it's somebody else, you probably pushed the wrong button and ended up on the wrong podcast. That is just the universe's way of telling you that you're exactly where you are supposed to be. Today I have, I wish you, I wish y'all could see her. She's just the cutest and most adorable and gorgeous woman. And she's got the some badass hair, let me tell you. And being a and being a stylist, I was like, first time I met her, I was like, oh, your hair is so cute. And we were talking just before we started recording and she is peace and love and she stands for peace and love and light. And she still carries a, a, a razor sharp sword. And you guys know that I don't ever do introductions because it always sounds like you're reading from a dating profile. My guest today loves long walks on the beach and loves nothing but a good taco and a tequila shot. I wanted her to introduce herself. Ladies, uh, my guest today is the incomparable Carrie Hummingbird. Carrie, oh. tell us about yourself. Julie, you were just fantastic. I just love, I just love your whole thing. Everything about you is awesome. What I love the most is you're so upfront about who you are, which is like perfect. I'm learning to be that way. As I said, you know, I, I really, I only realized today that I'm being, I'm projecting this image of love and light and rainbows out there, but secretly I have a very sharp sword tucked away in my rainbow dress. Like I'm ready to cut you down if you cross me, you know, like don't do it. Don't do it. And just in case you wondered, here's my force field, you know, so I realize it's because I'm just, you know, anyway, I am Carrie Hummingbird and I'm a messenger of love and light and peace and all those things on the planet. And I'm here for the great awakening. I'm here for, you know, new earth. And I'm here to co-create that with anyone who's interested, <laughs> pretty much anybody at this point interested in peace, love and harmony and new earth. I am your friend because I feel like there are more of us to get together that things might start to change. Right. Um, please I be mean, my friend. <laughs> please. Let's be friends. Uh, there's enough war, you know, peace is actually a harder job. And uh, that's really what I'm here to teach and lead and messenger about is peace. Like, cause peace is the hard work. That is not easy work. And I, I have groups and circles where we learn about inner peace and, and knowing who we are in truth and um, our divine light, our purpose on this earth, what we're really here to do and be and explore. And that's, that's what I do with people. I have um, a lot of training mostly in um, healing arts. And so I do teach people how to do their own healing for themselves and how to heal their families and their communities. And then maybe if they want to step out and be an official healer, like with a placard, they can do that too. So I help people to do all that. And it's a, it's a wonderful job. I love, I love my sacred purpose. It's so fulfilling to see people step into their inner power and remember who they are. It's just like the greatest gift I could sure. ever imagine. It is. Very it's like blessed. that, that when that light I've been an educator for years and it's like you teach someone something and they're not getting it. They're not getting it. And then all of a sudden that light bulb goes on and it's that moment of 
yes, they got it. It's like one of the best feelings in the world. So I asked everybody a question at the beginning. So you don't get to get lift out of this. This is be the Phoenix of your own life. We've all been in the shit pit. We've all been in the ashes of our lives. What is a moment or a situation where you were in the ashes of your life and you had to discover your own divine inner Phoenix and how has it impacted your life rising from that moment? Oh, goodness, Julie. I love that question. Uh, you know, one would think I just walked on the planet perfectly rainbow light and coiffured with my, you know, my sword and my dress. Not so. <laughs> so just say I did show up as a bundle of joy with red hair. That that part was the same. That yeah. that definitely happened. I was a bright light. I showed up that way. Like all of us do, you know, and then life kicks you in the teeth a few times and says, Hey, you know, here's some challenges. So mine was basically I had some early childhood stuff, zero to five. My mom was married to a man that she didn't think she was gonna have a baby with, and then she got a baby and she was like, Oops. That's not the right man. Um, love you. Love you, Jack. And he wasn't the right, you know, he's departed now. So he's, he's just, he wasn't suited for that. That wasn't like going to be something he could do in this lifetime. So she rightfully took me away from him and got into bed with somebody who was a violent drunk and tried to kill her in front of me and beat her up many times in front of me from two to five. Then number three was the right guy. So number three was my dad and he was awesome. But you know that early programming, it can really set the framework of your brain, your psychology and how you think about relationships, how you think about yourself. And that certainly happened for me, um, watching my mom go through all that abuse. Um, I formed these early patterns of like turning abuse inwards on myself whenever things were, if somebody was unhappy with me, I would, I would turn it inwards and abuse myself. And so I, I was being called forth by life and by my mother who was very much a warrior and she's like an outward facing person to like stand up, like stop letting people bully you. I remember I was like, the whole life was like that. And then I married somebody who did that with me for 20 years. You know, that was the thing. Are you going to stand up to somebody to poke, 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 It's like, how much can a person poke another person? Right. He was a champion at it. He actually found the most bugs in computer software, like at the company we work for. He found the most bugs, more than the QA department. He wasn't in QA. Holy crap. That just means that he's he was a professional poker and just is not a professional poker. And then not in a, not in a uh, poker card society game, you know, too bad. He could have turned that into millions. So, I mean, what happens when you get to that point where you, and it's funny because if as parents, like as a parent, you, you have that, even as a, as a fur mom where your dog's like, or your kids are like, mom, mom, mama, mom, mom, and finally you're like, what, what happened when you got to that point? When we what got kids? It? Oh. Well, I mean, with him, I mean, what was it that made you finally say, fuck this shit, I'm done? Yeah, that took a while for me to get there. I am very devoted. I am like a very devoted person. So it took me, when I made that commitment to Mary, I was like, I'm, I am doing this. I am not getting divorced. I'm going to make this thing work. So, you know, about, 15, you know, it was tough all the way along, but like 15 years later and after we had kids, so maybe like five years after we had kids, when we had kids, I started waking up like, I'm not sure I can keep doing this, but we'll see what happens. Something's got to get better. So I just dug in deeper, you know, right. like, and then and burrowed in like a tick, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, it's going to work. I can do this. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and then what happened is we ended up, um, I ended up totally stressing myself out. I mean, I just, in a different sense as an entrepreneur, I just, I, I bit off more than I could chew, plus having the two kids, plus having my third child, you know, my, right. my former husband yeah. and, and all of this, like, I just couldn't handle that. Plus all that was going on inside of me, you know, cause when I became a mom, I just became somebody else. And we moved, we moved to Texas to be, to get, to get a better situation. And we moved close to my parents and that unlocked even more inner dimensions of chaos because I moved close to my mom. And so my mom was always really good at provoking me. She would say something and I would fall apart. And that's, I had him and her at the same time doing this, doing that to me at the same time. And I just crumbled. I cr yeah. completely crumpled into a little wet mass that just wanted to die. And I was like that for a little while, for a couple of years. And then um, even despite those stupid pills that they give you, are supposed to take that away. It didn't take it away. There's nothing no. you could take that away. So um, I started getting my confidence back though. I started losing weight. I started exercising. I was running marathons. I got some support. And then I got the magic ingredient, a vibrator. I had to let you guys wait for that one. Cause you're like, what's I was the magic like, what's, what's, what's the magic yeah, ingredient? I, a vibrator. I got Hold a on. vibrator. Let me, let me go to Amazon really quick because I know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for one moment, for finally, I said yes to this thing and I started playing with it and I had my first orgasm. I was 38. Wow. That simultaneously did two things. One, I was like, wow, my body can feel really good. That's amazing. How many more ways can I get that experience? that I went off to go find those other ways to get that experience. But they did that. And then two, it made me extremely angry that the whole time we were together, I was feeling lousy, just barely scraping by coping with life in the, all the density and the heaviness that I was feeling about all the things and the emotions and everything. And he was getting that on a regular basis. He was being lifted. I was just so betrayed by that whole idea. I just couldn't get over it. I was so angry. And it's not that he didn't try to get me along the way to do that. It's just that I, I wouldn't do it, but I was still angry at him for it. Yeah. It, it yeah. was a very big betrayal. And, you know, so anyway, I always tell women, like, please discover that. Because the moment you discover that, you're free. You, you actually can feel good in your body. And once you have that feeling, you can replicate it. And so that's what I did. I just said, you know, I've kind of like, you know, like, fuck it. I'm going to go explore all the ways I can get that experience. And I did that for a while. Right. And you know, it's funny because the minute you said that and it's, and I'm sure that the, there's people who are listening like, did she just say that? Because <laughs> it is, it is so taboo. It is. To women it's in like her power claiming like, sex. What? Adulterous? What? what? And, and it's funny because we, we live in a society that is so as women, and if, if there's any guys listening, you may be getting the secret to womanhood. So keep listening. Um, if you're offended, feel free to, to turn, change it to the sports one. I don't care. Um, I think as women, do you find that like when you work with your clients, like the minute you said that, that tightness came up that, oh, oh, maybe we shouldn't be talking about that. Yeah, the throat, the throat like closes. The yeah. womb shuts down. Everything yeah. goes like, oh, we're going to get in trouble. You know, we're not supposed to talk about this. Yep. You're, you're not somebody I should be mentoring with because you're a cheater. There's that too. 
So what, along the lines of that, I want to say something, because just for anybody who's like so mortally offended right now, and I, I don't doubt that there is somebody listening who's feeling that way. Being betrayed in any way sucks. It absolutely sucks. And so if you're a person who's been betrayed in that way, my heart is so with you. It sucks. It's the worst feeling to have that happen. And all I can say is that that's how desperately suicidal I was. Yeah. And so just so awful inside my body that after, you know, 20 years of working on it, that's my solution. Like I feel so horrible inside of myself that that is the answer for me. Yeah. is I got I to gotta not only explore this toy, but I had to get as far away from my husband as possible. I told him about every single thing, so I didn't lie about it. But yeah. it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help. You know, it's a very painful thing to have happen in a relationship. Absolutely. And I think that, that, you know, you and I were talking just before I hit the record button that we are hitting a place where women are discovering that we're having a voice. Because for so long we've been told or we've, and not necessarily told, it's been inferred that you don't speak out, that you don't cuss, that you don't do those things because it, my mother is a perfect example. It was so funny because today she's asked, honey, how do people watch your podcast? I was like, I'm not telling her that people don't watch them. Bad <laughs> enough, she's listening, right? It's okay, like, it's all sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. Sorry, moms. But it's funny because there's that, that thought process of we have to be nice. The nice don't word. Offend people. And I have discovered in probably the last, I'd say six months for sure. And then the last three months, absolutely, where I do not give a shit because I think that every woman's story is important that every woman's story deserves and needs to be heard. And if we don't share them and if we're not authentic and if we're not who we are at our core, we're going to get lost in the shuffle. And what I really liked, especially the first time I talked to you is really how authentic you are about how we are going to be the ones that save this world, that, that women are going to be the ones that save the planet, that save this world, that save this dimension. And for those that are like, what the f are you talking about? Give us a breakdown of what it is that you see, number one, as women, what we're going to do and how what you do fits into that. Yeah, so that is such a perfect, thank you for that. I think the main thing I wanna convey is that women have the greatest capacity to lead. when we get our shit out of the way, like, or I should say actually more honestly, when we go through the shit that makes us become the pearl, we already are on the inside, like the grit. Like when we go through that grit and we experience it and we lean into it and we even like gobble it up and say, yes, grit here, that's for me. And we don't shy away from it anymore and try to be nice around it or delicate or like, you know, keep our dresses clean and all that. When we actually just like play in the mud and go, okay, here's the mud. I'm going to learn. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to celebrate mistakes. I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to 
find out who I really am by trying a lot of things. When we get courageous and adventurous like that, and we actually start speaking our truth and we say, you know what, that doesn't work for me. I don't like that. I want this like instead. When we do that, the world's going to change overnight. And when enough of us start to do that, that's why I do what I do. Because I know that when I was trying to please everybody and bending over backwards to not offend anyone and avoiding conflict, you know, keeping peace by mm -hmm. avoiding all conflict yeah. and not speaking up. And my mom would say to me, why are you letting him treat you that way? She'd come to visit and like call me off into the corner in the hallway. Why are you letting him treat you that way? And I'd say, mom, I have to pick my battles. Yep. You don't understand what this is like. This, I walked right into a very challenging relationship where I am learning a lot, but I didn't, I wouldn't speak. And by the time we moved to Texas, I, I posted this picture on my social media the other day. There's me weighing about like 230, 230 pounds, something like that, which is way over. Like I, my frame is probably like 150 would be a good weight for me. So that's just like to give, I don't have any judgment about anybody's weight. I'm just trying to give you guys an idea. I was so full of anger. <laughs> I think yeah. most of it was hot air because I would never express it. I wouldn't speak my truth. I would just like, oh, I can't, you know, and I would walk away or try to avoid it or get up, uh, move or just do this, you know, like dance. Move and to a different part of the house, do, just take a go. drive, just get out of, yeah. Because I thought I wanted small. to stay peaceful. Yeah. And I thought that was the way I was making inner war with myself because I was not speaking my truth. And by the way, your ancestors live inside of you. I, in our ancestral DNA, I have a line of feisty Irish women and Scottish, apparently, that were in me raging that I was taking my freedom opportunity to subjugate myself to this kind of torture they're in me like what are you doing child like you are free we worked so you could be free and you're going to use it this way so i could just feel it all in my body and i was so conflicted i couldn't talk about the pressure that forms a diamond you know so when we're like that we don't really have a lot of extra power because we can't even cope with ourselves like when we won't speak our truth and we won't really listen to ourselves and follow the guidance we, we don't have the power that we need to change the world. However, when we get clear, like you're clear and you get clear and you get your message and you just don't care anymore. You're like, you know, you care, but not about the things that don't matter. You care right. about the things that matter now. And now you're activated. You're an earth mama on fire. You're a Phoenix. You're like, you know what? Stand in my way. Just watch. Yep. Cause I will cut you with my sword. If you stand in the way of me protecting the babies and the fur babies and the plants and the animals on this planet, like you just, you haven't seen nothing yet. When you get activated, you feel the energy of that, Julie, I feel you. You're like blushing. Oh, yeah. You're like, that's me. You're like on fire right now. You're Pick like, me in a yes. hot flash. Woohoo! Here we go. Just get me going. And so when, when you get lit up like that, that's like lit up with purpose, like divine purpose. And it's flowing through your body. There is nothing that's going to stop you and you can feel the whole space because you're clear because you're not all gunked up with your own i won't face my own stuff stuff you yeah. know and there's i have total compassion for everybody who's still in the i can't face my own stuff stuff because i did that for 20 years on the couch talking to psychotherapist i i took the pills you know to not feel i drank the wine bottles like so many so many so many to not feel so i get it all of that and when you decide to to like leave that behind and find your true voice, then you're gonna join us as an earth mama and it's we're gonna rock it. Like we're right. already, we're out there. Julie and I were like speaking and, and you can too. Like we just like join the party. And I think, you know, what's funny is that I think sometimes it's 
I know for me, it was terrifying. And I'm sure there's lots of people listening that are going, oh, well, you guys have got it under control. You're earth mamas, whatever that means. But I'm sitting here and I'm stuck in a nine to five and my life, I just can't do what you do. I just can't leave my life. I just can't, I can't be like that. What do you say to the women who are sitting in the fear of actually, or don't even really understand what it means to have a voice? Such a good question. I know how combustive it feels when you don't speak your truth. And I know that what happens for, what happened for me when I wouldn't speak was that I would do things I didn't like, like get angry over stupid little things that my kids would do and lash out at them and then feel awful afterwards. So that right there is enough incentive, I believe, to do the inner work to clear the clutter so you can speak your truth and loud and clear and know it. Like, you know, it, like, like know yourself. Like, you know how you know the grocery store, you know, where everything is located? That's yeah. how well you need to know yourself. <laughs> like, you need to know where everything I is located. I love that analogy. And, it's, <laughs> and we don't know. Like, if you ask somebody what, I, I have a client, I remember asking her, what makes you happy? What lights your soul on fire? And she just sat there and she couldn't answer me. I said, when's the last time you played? She said, I, 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 I don't think I've ever played. I said, when's the last time you colored? She goes, I, I, I don't think I've ever colored. And for me, that was such a huge realization because on the surface, this woman has it going on. If you saw her out in public, you'd be like, holy shit, that woman's got it going on. She's got a really good job. She's got a nice car. She's got a beautiful house. She's got the kids and the husband and all of that. And inside... Her whole inside is just falling apart. And I think there's a lot of women that are starting to get to the point where they're like, I really want that, but I don't know what to do. I don't really want to be. And trust me, you don't have to be a hell raising earth mama like Carrie and I are. But what happens is once you, once you taste it, it's kind of like, you know, your favorite candy bar. Once you taste it, you're like, Ooh, I got to have me some more of that. It's nourishing. It's very nourishing. It's what, when you encounter, words are hard today, when you encounter that in someone, how do you help them break through that? Especially if they've got a really established life so that, oh God, if I, if I start doing something, I'm going to rock the boat and my, my life is going to change. Yeah. Well, the way to do that is here's a pathway. When your heart says yes you follow it. You don't have to leap off the cliff the way I did. Okay. You don't have to do that. What you can do is get support to do some inner exploration work. Like I offer inner inner exploration. It's called uh, the one-year inner medicine program. So you explore yourself in this one-year inner medicine program and you start to learn like where the stuff is located in your inner grocery store. Like where is all, what, what's the quality of food I got going on inside of me? Where is it located? What's, what are all, you know, what is in this store? You get to figure that out. And, and then along the way, when you're doing that, you're clearing clutter. Well, you know, whenever, if you've ever cleared a room in your house, it's so liberating just to clear the room, right? So you clear the room, you clear another room, you clear another room. Along the way, you'll start to realize ways that you could keep exactly what you have, but show up in a different way with it. That's way more fulfilling. 
and you'll get the courage to do that. So it's not about like throwing the whole thing out. Although I did that. I'm a phoenix. I did burn the whole forest down and let it regrow. So I did that. Burn not all the, the shit down. <laughs> it's not the only way. You could actually be more savvy and get some guidance and strategically remove things, you know, right. or strategically change the dynamics in your relationships, for example. Like for me, it was divorce was part of it, right? I had to get divorced because this person and I, we tried counseling and all that. And he, you know, simple things like there's a keyword, you know, you have the keyword, like that means stop the behavior. Ours was time out. That word didn't work. So like, no matter what we did, it was, there was no time out. There was like, no, because it, it just had so much inside that he need he couldn't, he couldn't do that. Yeah. So I, I was like, well, it, I, I'm a person that needs that time out to be respected. So I can't, this is, this is a no go for me. That was a lesson for me in that relationship. But now I'm in a relationship where um, we very much both practice. We have a whole foundation of our relationship is very different. We're both on our own spiritual paths. We both do um, follow our own agreements. We make strategic conscious agreements together about how we're going to do our relationship. And we, we meet up at, at least once a month to discuss those. Like, are we living up to those? Is that, you know, how do you feel we're doing with that? How do I feel? And we check in. How do I feel? I mean, life can get pretty busy. You might not even know how you feel about it unless you stop and drop in. So there are, what I'm trying to say is there's tools that people can learn to apply to their existing relationships. And if there's enough love in that relationship, people can come together and change. You yeah. know, they, you can change how your relationship is. You don't have to throw everything away, but it, you need some help to do it because it's not easy. No, uh, it's, I, it's, I love the universe and how it works. Cause I was talking to a friend of mine today who said that the more she's stepping into her, her femininity and the more she's stepping into who she is and what she likes to do and the music, like, she's like, I don't like that music. I've only been saying I like the music. So now she's starting to, to listen to music that she likes and she's really starting to grow. And I told her, I said, one of the things that you will find when you do this is when the spotlight shines on you and you start shining like a beacon, all of a sudden you're stepping out of your comfort zone and that light all of a sudden spills onto the people who are closest to you. And when you step out of your comfort zone and you start making these changes, these people are unwilling or unwittingly being forced out of their comfort zone. So all of a sudden their primal brain is going, whoa, wait, oh, shit. Whoa, Put it back whoa, where it was. Whoa. What <laughs> danger, Will Robbins, danger. There's something going on. And you will find that sometimes the people that you thought would be there for your whole journey they can't because they don't understand the light is too bright and it doesn't matter how many pairs of sunglasses you give them, your light might be too bright. But like you said, it's not like you have to throw it away because if there's enough love, you can, that person will be, okay, this is interesting. And you don't have to do it at warp speed. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to like take all your clothes off and streak naked, you know, down the street, you know, it's, everybody has their own path. If you want to do that, I applaud you, go for it, strip it all off and just, I'm free. But you know, in the meantime, for those of us who want to retain some semblance of normalcy, maybe if you have children and you want it to be as smooth as possible for them, I know that was my goal with the divorce. And, um, it was still really rocky, even though I had that intention, you know, so 
there's a lot of things behind the scenes that can be done to bring more peace as the center, as the person in the middle. You know, a lot of times women are the ones in the middle. We're yeah. the ones in the middle. And so if you're getting pulled off of your center in the middle, then the whole family is getting pulled off its center. And if you don't know that you're that important to your family, you are, that's who you are, especially if you're the mother of the family, that's who you are. Even if nobody else says that, that's who you are. So it's so important to be that grandmother tree, you know, really grounded, really present and at peace in yourself. And I know that's hard to do when you're in the middle of conflict, when there's conflict happening all around you. And even when people are accusing you of making the conflict, right? So when you change, you inevitably create conflict in a family dynamic. That's just part of it. Your whole family um, system is dependent on you playing the role that you were playing. And yeah. a lot of the work that I do with women is taking those roles, becoming aware that you're playing that role, and then making a conscious choice. Am I okay with playing this role or is this role killing me? Yeah. And if it's killing you, it's got to go. And yeah. if the family gets thrown off, well, that's the way it is for now. They'll get over it eventually. And I think that's, that's one thing that we as women really struggle with is because I don't want to break up my family. I don't want to hurt anybody. And you and I were talking before I hit the record button about the anger and, you know, like people that you look at Gandhi, we were talking about Gandhi and, you know, you don't think Gandhi has a sword underneath his robes. And I said, no, he's just got that eyebrow that just raises up. And, you know, you know, <laughs> that eyebrow, it's like your mom, somebody in your world has that eyebrow where that eyebrow goes up. You do something and all you see is that eyebrow. Huh? You're like, oh shit, I'm done. Oh, I'm uh -oh. So done right now. it's like your eyebrow can be the sword. And when we were talking earlier, we were talking about that it's okay to have and experience that duality of being angry and still having peace. Yeah. And it's grief stricken and still being grateful. Hmm. What is your take on that? Yeah. I think that's what we're here to master actually is, you know, we, we live in a binary system up until now and we're switching out of binary binary, like right and wrong good and bad. And then our brains want to put everything into one of those two boxes, right? So whichever one, but we're moving out of black and white into gray, or as I like to say, rainbow, because right. gray is boring. So right. rainbow, like rainbow. You like know, rainbow. A spectrum is another word to say. And so in spectrum, there isn't an easy answer. And so the good introduction to that has been 2020. So if 2020 drove you absolutely insane, then you're getting ready for the age of Aquarius <laughs> because it's spectrum. There is no easy button. It's not going to be like, oh, well, you should take the vaccine because it's the right thing to do, or no, you shouldn't take it because it's not the right thing to do, or, and it, it does not a one size fits all. There's no one size fits all. There's no right answer. There's evidence to support every single idea you might have in your head. You can prove it. And everybody else can prove their ideas that they have in their head too. And there isn't a consensus reality. We're moving out of that. So if you're frustrated <laughs> about the loss of that, you're going to probably be uncomfortable because spectrum thinking is very different than black and white. Yeah. It requires us to be very patient in this and to listen, okay, to be patient and to listen. And this is why 
indigenous cultures always did some some form of tradition like the talking stick. So the talking stick in Native American cultures is this symbolic tool of you've got the mic, you're the speaker, you've got the mic. Now, everybody in the tribe gets to have the mic as it goes around the circle. They get to say their piece, get it? They get to say their piece, they get to express. That's the gift that they have and that's it. Then, however, the tribe makes decisions, the decisions are made, but you already had your piece. So you don't get to like take somebody else's turn or talk over them or tell them they don't know what they're talking about or any of that. That whole dynamic goes away with spectrum thinking because every single person in the rainbow is important. Every voice is important. Every perspective has a different angle. It's all valid. It all creates part of the whole, the whole picture. It's a different understanding. And it's, it's that quantum where, um, the whole is in the part and the part is in the whole. You cannot have a part without the whole and you can't have a whole without a part. I think that's very interesting that you were talking about the whole listening part because nobody's listening right now. No, everybody's Everyone's telling. Yeah, everybody's screaming at everybody else. Everybody's very just, and I, I think it comes down to fear. People, you're going to have you know, on the, on the spectrum of the rainbow spectrum, you're going to have the people that are like you and I, who are diving on in and like, teach me more. I want to, you know, I want to, I want, I love Skittles. I love the rainbow. Let me dive on in and let me swim in the rainbow. And you're going to have the people that are like, okay, well you, you do it first. Okay. She's not dying. Ooh, I think I'll dive in. And then you're going to have the people that are like, eh, I'm just going to give it a little time. And then you're going to have the kickers and the screamers that are just like, they're the ones that still have flip phones that, you know, you have to push a button three times to text. Those are the people that, you know, probably still have the brick cell phones. When we're going through the spectrum, what is the, and it's not going to be easy. No, it's just a hard transition. And, and it's, brains are challenged. Every single one of us has this brain structure. So it's hard it's, for all it's, of us. And, it, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, I'm trying to think of my next question. I'm like, no, no, that's no, it's not going to be easy. I wish. And the, here's the thing is that I wish that people understood that just because it's not easy doesn't mean that it's not good on the other side. Or possible. And yeah. so that leads into what I want to say next, which is the reason that I I'm called to invite earth mamas. And when I say that, I mean, people that birth children, people that are children, you know, mothers to others, people that are nurturers, carers, people that have fur babies, you know, I mean, the, the, there's a big spectrum on what is the earth mama. Yeah. Right. But someone who cares about living beings on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. Is because a person like that has a tool in their arsenal that is extremely potently powerful for staying in the game of this new conversation, which requires a lot of peace and, you know, forgiveness and compassion. And that tool that's going to get you through all that is fierce love, fierce love. And that's where the sword comes in a little bit. It's like, you know, I'm not giving up on this. Just like I would never give up on my boys. My boys have re my, my older son is what I would call a unicorn child. <laughs> He's has caused quite a bit. He has chaos. Just like follow him around everywhere. It's amazing up until now. I'm just going to give him some grace, like hope that shifts. But he's just like seems me. to attract chaos. And he's like, I'm not doing it, mom. 
they're just coming to me and they're just crashing. He's had like five car crashes. He's only 22. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord. So I'm like this kid, he's like, they just do it to me. They just come and they just do it. And I'm like, I, I can see that that's happening. And I'm looking in your chart and I'm seeing why that's happening. You know, So at least I have some oversight. Like he's not making this up or trying to do it. Right. So I, I feel like it's that like when you love somebody so much, you're never going to give up on that person. That's the kind of energy that we need for this planet right now on earth is people with that capacity to love that they'll stay through the uncomfortable things and never give up until we get to the other side and we understand each other and we have peace. Do you think that's that what that it takes to start though, that that fierce love has to be towards ourselves first? It absolutely is important to love yourself fiercely first. And we learn to do that by our kids. Isn't that funny, right? Because right. it's not our parents. We love our parents, but we're kind of like, God, oh, they can handle themselves. But when we have kids, it's like, oh, it's a whole different situation, right? Yeah. It, and it's funny how many women will, and I've used this example so many times, and there's going to be people listening. They're like, Julie, you tell this all the time. It's because it's important. That's why. So deal with Listen it. Listen to it again. <laughs> Listen to it again. Because as, as women, as a little girl, the first toy usually that we're given is a doll. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, take care of the dolly, take care of the baby, make sure the baby's taken care of. So instantly from the time that you're two years old, you're taught to take care of something outside of yourself, take care of the baby. And then if you're in a dysfunctional family, then you're taking care of siblings and God forbid you have to take care of your parents. So all of a sudden now your whole life, you have learned from the very formative ages of zero to seven and even going older from seven to 14, now you are the parent You've learned from the very first little bit that we have to take care of everything out here in front of us. And we're never, ever taught how to cherish and love and adore the baby within. Absolutely. Such a beautiful point. And I want to add one layer onto that. Yes, please do. <clears throat> what if this entire lifetime for anyone who's experienced what Julie just said is an initiation into being a leader of love, compassion, and peace on this planet. Just let it resonate for a moment, percolate on that. See if that could be a possibility that you actually have been being groomed to be here at the age of Aquarius and help other people to integrate this huge transition on the planet. And all of those experiences that you had made you extremely compassionate, empathetic, feeling everything in the space, strong, resilient, wise. And all that needs to happen now is for you to see yourself and turn that love inside. Yeah. <sighs> Unstoppable after that. Absolutely. Unstoppable. Because once you've turned that inwards, and you just bathe in that. And it's, uh, it's like the, the flames of the Phoenix. It's not there to burn you. It's there to burn away everything that no longer serves you. Yes. And so all of that, I'm not worthy. I'm too fat. I'm too broke. I'm too this. I'm not lovable. All of that disappears when you take the love that you put out for everybody in your life your children, your friends, your job, the dedication and love and commitment that you have to everybody else in your life, if you were to turn that inward, 
and be able to light up aisle four and to see what was actually on aisle four and realize that that's where your sword was hidden the whole time. Yeah, it's inside. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, then you have that power that, that Carrie's talking about to, to step out and say, I can hold space for you, especially when you have somebody that's being, you know, quote unquote, Karens, the Karens of the world, they're not, that's not who they are. That's that wounded, tra traumatized, inner little Karen, named Karen, whatever, sorry if your name's Karen, but that inner tormented child, that's what we're seeing in the world right now. Yeah, this world is being run by adults' bodies filled up with angry toddlers. Yeah. that don't are sad or grieving or afraid that don't know how to take care of themselves and so this transition i'm so glad you said that julie i mean when we get initiated to be mothers or mothers to others and whatever way that showed up for you if you got a bunch of fur babies or or you have children of your own or you became a stepmom or you just became a mentor to a bunch of people whatever that however that initiation revealed itself to you in this lifetime that initiation is uh, has um, been here your whole time since that showed up, grooming you to be in service as a leader at this time. And so, yeah, all the stuff came up. Like, and it, you might have been in this since the moment you were born, because you might have, like Julie said, you might have had the parent that you had to parent, because they didn't know how to be parents. But when you actually make the full initiation out of the victim part of you, because we all have victim consciousness, every single one of us, that's how humanity has been up until now. And we've, we've all get the opportunity to work our way out of the victim consciousness. And to it's almost like flipping a coin or like turning upside down world, right side up and go, oh, all that stuff happened to me because I needed it. Oh, and then when you really get that, it's exciting because it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is all for me. I wonder what great plans this great spirit has for me, you know, and it's, it's exciting, it. you know? So it's like when that happens, you're in the groove, you're in the flow, you're in like, you know, and I find myself in the spot of like, this is so cool. Like, okay, how am I going to show up tomorrow? What, who am I going to serve now? what are we all going to do together? Like, I'm excited about that. Like I told you, I plan my event that's coming up at the end, um, end of October, but like, I usually don't know exactly what's going to happen at these events besides gathering the players together and kind of a, a general rough outline of what's going to happen. And, and just like these, these broadcasts, I have no idea what's going to happen when you get on here. Right. And then all of a sudden spirits just pulling stories out of me from my life, like bam, bam, bam. And it's so inspiring to be in myself going, wow, my life actually was, it was needed. Yeah. It's helping somebody who's listening, one person even who's listening and saying, you know what, that story you just told about the grocery store, that is priceless. Cause now I understand this thing. I never told that story before. It only happened because I was hanging out with you, Julie. And see, that's the funny <laughs> thing. And that's the funny thing. Cause I'm one of those, I'm like, yeah, dang, I like that grocery store. And I like it. Then I have to use that one. I'm just definitely going to be borrowing that one. And it's funny because I was sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, looking back over the last, you know, well, it's been over a year now from the trifecta of unfortunate the trifecta, events. Trifecta, yeah. That's, I call it my trifecta of unfortunate events, you know, the risk breaking, getting fired and losing all my shit in a hurricane. When you look back, you have two choices. You can look back and people are like, Julie, how'd you get through that? 
I can either look at it like, oh my God, look at all that shit that happened to me. Oh, I don't have this. And oh, this happened to me. When I turn around and look, it's like you actually, when you can take your glasses off and go and get all this stuff (laughs) off of the lenses and see that, holy shit, that's why that happened to me. Then you can turn it when something starts coming at you. If you can catch it in the moment and go, okay, there's going to be a lesson that's going to come out of here. So if I step to this quote unquote thing that looks scary and think, huh, I wonder what this is bringing me to learn that's going to empower me to be even better than I was a minute ago. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I don't like the look of this, that tornado or that hurricane. It looks pretty, it looks pretty ominous. Those storm clouds look yucky. Yet if there's that much poop, there's got to be a pony in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. If there's that much grit, there's a pearl. So let's yep. just say like, I just, I've learned that spirit is not um, a tease. No. It's not a tease. It, you wouldn't be given the inspiration of this conversation if it wasn't a possibility for you to claim it. Now you still have to claim it. I mean, no one can claim it for you. You're the one that has to claim it. But you wouldn't have heard this broadcast if you weren't being invited to claim it. Like you wouldn't have even tuned in. You wouldn't have found Julie. You would have, you know, if you were like, ah, oh, that Carrie, I, mean, I don't, I don't like her name. You would have skipped it. You would have just gone, nah, I'm not going to listen to that. So if you're listening, then you're being invited to your initiation. You're being invited to step into new eyes to see with fresh eyes, your life story and to see how all of that is actually made you the person that you need to be to do what you're going to do next which is probably very little resemblance to what you've done up until now, although you'll see on the other side how it all makes sense. It's kind of like that. You can't predict it. Like there's yeah. no way. I'll give a brief, I have a brief little, so I I was a technical writer. So I know that's really hard to believe because I'm so social, but I was a technical writer in Silicon Valley for like 20 years. And I sat behind a desk with fluorescent lights and I documented application programming interface documents for pro developers. And I, I worked with geeks and Shoot all me now. Shoot me now. <laughs> I, I made good money doing it, but yeah, nobody wanted but to do you, that job. I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's a job that's very boring. So um, I did that job for 20 years. So what did it, what did that job give me? First of all, a lot of discipline, a ton of discipline. I also project management skills. Um, I learned marketing skills because it worked for startups. Um, I learned how to write really well, which I do all the time now. I'm an author. I have best-selling books, and I do that. I also learned how to understand com- complex topics from developers who are experts in the matter and explain it to other people that had no idea what you're talking about, including end users, like people that turn on the computer and don't even know how to operate it, right? right. So I learned how to, how to assess like how to bridge someone from a complex topic into a simple language. That's what I do all the time now. Now, would I have ever thought that I was going to be a messenger or a spiritual teacher or, you know, an author like this? No, I, no, not at all. I I was going to be an artist. I thought I was going to like be a professional artist. That's what I wanted to do. This was not on the realms of that. (laughs) So, but it always told you, if somebody would told you, Carrie, So you're going to be a spiritual leader and you're going to get messages. First of all, you're going to get messages from this thing called spirit. And you are going to lead women from where they are into this realm of 
their divine goddess to become an earth mama. If somebody would have told you that when you were sitting at your desk in Silicon Valley, what would you have said to them? I would have thought they were on crack or something. <laughs> like, I'm like, especially after I had my first baby, I would have said, I, I'm really screwing up being a mom. So I don't think I'm going to be that kind of person. Like these, you should talk to these other women in my group who are much better mothers than I am. Like I would have been pointing to all the other moms in the group. Like they know what they're doing. And I'm, I'm grateful that they let me be in their group. (laughs) That's what I would have been saying. That was me. I'm like, please, can I be in the cool moms group? I'm just fucking this shit up bad. Yeah. I was like, I would go every week. I would go and just ask their opinions on things. Cause I was just so like, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, they seemed to know. So I would go and ask them, you know, what to do. So uh, it's taken me a long time to embrace this whole mother role and that you can imagine how I might've felt when I was kind of spirit guided. Oh, you're going to write this book, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. And then you're going to, you're actually here to serve moms. And I was like, me? (laughs) You picked the right person? Are you sure? I don't know. I mean, I think you misspelled it. I think, no, I think there was a different Carrie. I think you've got the wrong, I think you misspelled it. Because all my mom group people, not all, I can't say all of them. I'm not going to speak for them, but I definitely feel like a few of them. We just saw each other a couple years ago, and I could tell they all kind of still wondered if I was just as lousy as I was when I started. Like, I could tell that they had a little judgment, some of them. But, yeah, I love you all if you're listening. But, um, yeah, maybe that's just my stuff I'm making up. But, yeah, definitely the mom insecurity is, like, it's a big deal to be a mom. It's I think it's the... It's the mastery path. I mean, there is no more masterful role, you know, if you want to call it a role to be in than mother. Like that is the masterful role, even more so than being a dad, only because when you're a mom, you, you grow them in your side, your womb, like they're, they're, they're growing inside of your consciousness, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences, your memories, your you know, tape reel that goes through your head all day long. They perceive that, you know, that's like you're growing them to be a human being and then you're nursing them. And they're, if you do that, if you choose to do that, I did, I breastfed my kids and they grew off my breast milk. It's like, how'd they do that? I thought that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I was like, oh my God, this kid's bigger. Cause I just, cause from my, my breast, you know, wow. Okay, cool. Right. I could do that. <laughs> I didn't even know I could do that. I was so disconnected from my body before I came a mom. So I feel being a mom is like, it's so, um, in a world that's so disconnected, um, being a mom is a thing that really connects you back to your heart. I mean, you have to be very traumatized to not be connected back to your heart more deeply as a mother. Like you'd have to be very traumatized yourself in order to not experience that because the experience is, is just heart opening. It's just, it brings you to your knees and, and cracks you open you know, to, to be in service to this little being and being in service doesn't mean bending over backwards. Right. So it also challenges you like all the little decisions, the intricate choices, what's the best thing for my child right now. The best thing might not be to bake them cookies, right? (laughs) It might not be the best thing might be to, you know, Hey, you've got a tough lesson right here. A little tough love. Yeah. And I think for those, and I know that, you know, sometimes there are women that, that, have lost children that can't have children that Mm. choose not to have children for those women how do they reclaim or go back to that 
without having that experience of being a mother with giving birth and, and that kind of stuff? How, what would you say to the women who are like, well, I can't have children or I've lost children or I don't even want to have children. How do they get back to that mother realm without experiencing that part of their life? I think it's about really caring about something so much that it opens your heart. You know, for some people, that's nature. You know, for some people that I've seen people that work in nature conservancy and they are passionate about those movements or they might be passionate about um, social services or other ways of being in service. They might just be really passionate about um, leading their group you know, at work, like there's lots of ways it could express. I think every person is so different. You know, it could be that, you know, when you birth a book, I've heard many women who haven't had children say that birthing a book felt like birthing a child for them. Like, you know, so we're, we can tap into what it feels like to give birth because we are, um, you know, we're spiritual beings. We're connected to all that is, you know, this huge matrix of experience. And in some way, in some other life, maybe we've had that experience too. In this life, maybe we chose not to. In this life, maybe that wasn't, um, when I say chose, I know that's kind of hard for some people, but in this philosophy, it's kind of like um, at the soul level, we make decisions before we even come into this life about what we're gonna experience and what we're not gonna experience. And sometimes we wanna experience loss and so we might have a, a, an experience like losing a baby, which is a heart-wrenching experience. And to have that experience because something in that is um, necessary for our soul's growth. And so we'll have a lifetime maybe where we'll have that experience. And we'll maybe experience being in service to in other ways. Like I know some people that love their fur babies. They love animals and they are really in service to animals. Whereas I don't have as much time to be in service to animals in that way because I'm in service to humans, right? right? So we all have to help in somehow. Like some people are in service to the oceans and, and the aquatic life, you know, and some people dedicate their lives to that. I think that ultimately, if we think about um, this time on earth and all the souls that are here on the planet as like a, you know, 6,000, however many is left, <laughs> because a lot of people have died. So I don't know what the latest statistic is on how many people are on the planet, but like 6,000 something piece puzzle. And each one of us is one of those puzzle pieces. We just have to find our place. That's it. Because the divine plan is already there. So just find your piece and where your piece goes, plug yourself in, get lit up and do your piece and trust that all the other pieces, they'll get handled. You know, mm -hmm. the people will find their way. They'll shuffle into their spot somehow. And you don't have to worry about all that. Just focus on the piece that you're meant to do that lights your heart up and, and discovering that inside of yourself. That's the main, the main thrust of that. Don't worry about the whole picture. That's for spirit. I think that that was probably the biggest lesson and blessing and thing that happened this last year is finding what lit me up. I knew it. Like I'd known it for years. I knew that I wanted to educate and speak and mentor and do that. I knew I wanted to do that, but I, there was that, Oh, you know, Julie, what's someone so going to think, or maybe, you know, you don't know enough about this and that and the other thing. And then once I discovered it and, and anybody that's listening, once you start feeling the, the slight nudges, and if you don't listen, trust me, the universe will wipe everything off of the planet for you to 
bring you to your knees for you to check your spiritual voicemail to understand (laughs) the universe is going to grab you by the neck and say, listen, enough of this shit. It is time for you to be who you are at your core and to do what you came here to do enough. And once you start doing that, it's like Carrie said, it just, you get lit up and people who are around me, when I start talking about it, they're like, holy shit, it's true. I get so lit up because I know that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I know that that's my puzzle piece. And to me, now it's an adventure to me. Now it's an adventure to find out what's going to be next. So come on, bring more stuff to me. I love where I'm at. I'm grateful for where I'm at, but I'm super excited for more. Bring more stuff, bring more stuff. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. And when you get to that point and you start getting lit up, it's just like, it, it gets you up in the morning. It's not the, oh, shit. All right, well, I guess I got to go to work today. Oh, you have to have hump day. Yeah, because it's, it's like hump day. The week. What day is I it, I have the celebration in the middle of the that's, week because I can't get that's through my the whole commercial. week. <laughs> that is my commercial. Hey, what day is it? Hey, Julie, Julie, what day is it? What day is it? Hey, Mike, 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 what day is it? Hey, Julie, you know what day it is? Yeah, it's the day for you to get off your ass, let go (laughs) of the excuses, understand that you are a divine celestial being having a human experience. And until you stand up and grab your sword and decide that your life is important, you're not going to find your puzzle piece. You're not going to find your place. And then we're going to have a little dark spot in your part of the rainbow. <laughs> it's just like a right? little hole. You know, like the rest like of the rainbow is lighting soul. up and yours is like just the whole, you know, so you want to light your piece up so you yeah, can light participate it up. in the whole thing. Yeah. Light that bitch up. Light it's it like, up. It's like the we movie We need soul. your color in the spectrum. We need your color. That movie Soul was probably <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Mm. It was so cute. Did you ever see it? No, I don't think I have. I need to put it <laughs> in my list though. I'm you have to down. see it. It's animated. It's called Soul. And it's about these little souls before they come to Earth and what they're going to go down and learn. It is and and they're and it, does it does it have some humorous thing like the oh list God, of courses yeah. you could take and they're like checking yeah. all the things yeah. and then they get to Earth and they're like, oops. It's so good. It is I so shouldn't good. have I should have checked half those. I'm not numbers. even going to tell you any more about it. It's it's right up your alley. If you haven't seen it, you are going to love it. You I will love, love it, it, I'm sure. Well, my friend, I could talk to you for the rest of the day. Um, but I know. I'm, I'm like, well, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. Hello. I have a question for you before we wrap this up. So for the woman who's sitting there in the shit pit who may be sitting there going, well, Julie, this was really great. Carrie, that's awesome. I don't understand a jetting word that y'all said, spirit, what, okay. So for the woman who's sitting in there and in that part, what's one thing that she can do to start the process? Mm. Yeah, what I'm hearing is self-care and space. It's just so important to take care of yourself and give yourself space to just unwind, you know, because when, when we're in that spot you're describing, it's because usually we're either totally saturated by a whole bunch of stuff we don't know what to do with, or we're like battled up and really, really like tight with our armor because we just don't want to be hurt again. And, you know, either way, the cure is on is space, spaciousness, creating a new form of safety 
you know, safety not defined by other people, but safety defined by you and your connection to something bigger than you. I like to use the earth because she's so available, you know, like you and big something bigger than you sitting on the earth, hugging a tree and just being like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. This tree has got me right now and that's good enough for right now. And I'm going to breathe and put air in my body. And I'm going to like, just relax for a moment and not have to do or figure something out. Just be. Oh, such a mic drop moment. I love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. And it's funny because I ask, I never tell anybody what that question is going to be. I never tell anybody what that question is going to be. And I've never gotten the same answer. And I'm on 27, 28 episodes and I've never gotten the same answer. I love that you're getting different answers because that means that your audience is getting a whole lot of tips on how to, to move from the grit into the pearl. And that's yeah. important. Yeah. Carrie, I appreciate you so much. Thank so you. Much. I honor you. I appreciate you. I'm so grateful for your time. And for anybody that wants to get a hold of you, and yes, I'm going to put it in the show notes and I'm going to tell you guys again, go read the fucking show notes because all of her links and everything to get a hold of her, to get her book, to find her, get into her courses. If something that she said resonated with you and you need to know more, go to the show notes, people, because it'll be there. Because if you're driving, I don't want you to try and write anything down. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you, Carrie? Well, my website is carriehummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And all my stuff's up there, my show and my classes, my books, and my event coming up on October 30th, Calling All Earth Angels. It's all up there, carriehummingbird.com. Awesome. All right, y'all. Well, that wraps up another episode of Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. I tell you guys every single week, I know it's in my trailer at the end and I don't care. I still will say it. You are enough. You were born enough. You are enough. You will always be enough. And if you could only see the divine light that shines back out of your eyes that we all see, you'd never doubt your greatness again. And with that, thank you so much, Carrie. And until next week, take care of yourselves, be good to yourselves, and be good to everybody else. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired, and if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much, and have an absolutely magical day.